the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Crossover, step back! Where the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports live. Is this the tagger? It is a great night to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. Agent back to pass, rush down the pocket, throwing it downfield. It's into the end zone. Oh, he caught it! Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone. It is Wednesday the 8th, and you're tuned in to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bats. Since 1995, Mountaineer Kitchens and Bats have delivered distinguished remodeling services to our home community of Martinsburg. From new construction to remodeling, Mountaineer Kitchens and Bats can design your new kitchen or bath. Their talented designers bring to life any concept you'd like to create, so check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com. On Facebook, or visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Good morning, fellas. Good morning. How are we feeling about LeBron? I see you got the LeBron jersey on this morning, Parker. Had, had to. Had to wear it for the King today. It's uh, Greatest of all time? Is he officially number one now? I think it's undisputed. I think, I mean, you can make a case. You can sit there and talk about, well, Michael Jordan, Kareem, Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain. I think my personal opinion, undisputedly the greatest basketball player of all time is LeBron James now. I, I It's a hard to make an argument. I mean, not only... Is the guy now the NBA's all-time leading scorer? He's in the top four in assists too, like, and he's the greatest playoff performer in the history of the sport in scoring. Anyway, not for winning because I'll give that one to Michael in the clutch. He, the clutch gene to Mike, but LeBron, it was his night. He let it go. I had a feeling with all the theatrics they had in the pregame, I was like, okay, yeah, he's gonna get it. Gets in the third quarter. Just, it's a really cool moment, and it's that record. A lot of people thought that record was never going to get broken, I, and me included. I mean, thirty-eight thousand. Kareem got that record when he was forty-two, and it's just it's phenomenal to see. And it's a moment where if you were able to see it live and happen, and I'm I think all three of us stayed up to watch it. It's a moment that you'll tell your kids and your grandkids and your great grandkids about when you get older. Is when you saw the all-time leading score record get broken down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just wish it wasn't LeBron. LeBron's yeah. so easy to just like because uh, it was all about him. Of course, I mean it's the uh, individual scoring title. Of course, it's going to be all about him. But then how uh, they go out and I mean the team plays well, but then they lose, right? And then of course he it looked like he was trying to make himself cry there during the uh, ceremony in the third quarter. And uh, I don't know. I mean it's a, it's awesome to see it. Um, but also, how salty was Kareem LeBron. having to uh, give that up? Oh, I don't think he was salty. He's tired. Yeah, first of all. But yeah <laughs> just old. I mean, he's like a, what eighty five. <laughs> maybe a little bit of vitriol there. Um, but yeah, I guess well deserved. I don't necessarily think it makes him the undisputed greatest player of all time. That's probably a conversation for another maybe day. Maybe the all greatest scorer of all time. Yeah, but well, th- then you ask the argument. Kareem did all of it, most of it, without a three point line, and he's not a three point shooter. You know that accelerated LeBron's ability to score. Michael Jordan a gave up two years of his prime to play baseball, and b gave up a couple of years at the back of his prime to retire because of Jerry Reinsdorf, you know, so the possibilities of what he would have been able to do with more years thrown into it as well. But, you know, the celebrity shout out thing was weird. I'm, Drake's got to be one of the corniest people to ever walk the face <laughs> of the earth. If we're being completely I thought it was funny. <laughs> He's a character. I thought it was funny. I mean, why not? 
Why not? But we'll get to talk about that a little bit more uh, later on the show because we had basketball on WPM and WCST last night over at Martinsburg. And goodness, y'all had an exciting one over there last night. Yeah, we did. And Washington came out fire, and they came out with a perfect game plan. Trent Hilliard really had the right in, uh, vision in mind to try to defeat Martinsburg. Washington was up 32-22 to 22 at one point, but uh, I'm sorry, Washington was. Uh, just kind of ran out of gas. It was unbelievable to watch Christopher Dolman play. Finishes with 18 points. His change of pace is fantastic and finish at the rim. But uh, Martinsburg kept the ball pressure on in the second half. You know, Dave Rogers talked about it in the postgame. It's like, we kind of took this game not seriously. We needed to get our players to wake up. Uh, and they did. Blackwood played really well. Jameer Hunter came in and played. It was a spark. Shipley played well. LaQuay Clark hit a couple of big threes in this game. You know, in the end, the talent was a little bit too much. Um, for Washington to handle. But there were some moments when you go back and look at this game, uh, four points scored in the last minute of the first half by Martinsburg where Washington could have just held the ball for the final shot. Instead, they didn't and turn it over twice. Um, a string of bad turnovers in the third quarter. They very easily could have won this game. Washington played much better than a team that's 2-13, and 13, now 2-14 and 14 and have lost 11 games in a row, uh, but they come up just short. And here are the highlights from last night's game. Here's a catch and shoot three, right corner, and Matthew Robinson cashes in for the first three. Zimmerman, right wing, looking to penetrate, downhill to the rim, gets to the cup and lays it in for two. Looking to break the pressure of Martinsburg. Robinson's giving him fits. He gets it across midcourt. Malik Smith now bounces it to Welty underneath the basket. The big man can't finish. And the rebound tip recovered by Zimmerman. Lobs it inside to Welty. Pump fakes once. Goes up through the contact. Score the basket and one. What a find by Zimmerman. The touch pass inside. He got it to Welty who scored. Left wing three is up. No good. Rebounded by Baker. Baker gets the follow. He's really been the hero here for the Bulldogs in this first quarter. Baker's been all over the place, whether it's defense and offense. Great play there. Under 10 seconds now. Baker sets the screen. They pass left side. Blackwood, deep three-pointer. Up and in. Big take with just seconds remaining here in the first quarter by Avion Blackwood for his first main field goal of the game. Smith, Smith now to Dolman. Dolman takes the straightaway three. Got it. Here's Shipley getting the high post screen. Drives downhill, goes to the rim, lays it up and in with two seconds left to play. Steps inside the three-point line. Now throws it left side to Smith. He'll take the three. Got it. Malik Smith from distance. If you would have called that one, a double-digit lead for the Patriots right now. They have been causing all sorts of fits. Throws a pass outside to Clark. Clark on the baseline now to Hunter. Drives to the rim. He hangs in the air. Can't get it to go. The tip by Baker. No. Blackwood's follow. No. The tip again by Blackwood. And this time he scores. Let's throw it back out to Dolman. Dolman penetrates downhill. Floater up and in. Unbelievable. By the freshman. Just threw that one to the Stars and got it to go. Three-point game. Inbound to McCarthy, ahead to Dolman. Dolman now throws it down to Welty. Welty races ahead. The ball's knocked free. Martinsburg came up with a steal. What a play by Blackwood. Now here's Clark, one defender to beat. He goes to the rim with the left hand, no good. Hunter's there to tip it in, and the lead back to Martinsburg. Here's to Shipley, outside to Clark. Clark takes the three. It's in. McQuay Clark, his third triple of the game. Lead for Martinsburg, pass down the floor to Blackwood. Blackwood lays it up and in, and score the basket. He's fouled by Zimmerman and one. Final seconds ticking off. Martinsburg breaks the losing streak and erase a 10-point third-quarter deficit to claim this victory 60-50 to on their home floor. Well, Parker, I think you've seen everybody now uh, with getting that Martinsburg game last night. So what do you think? How do you think the hierarchy kind of shakes out? Yeah, I've gotten everybody except Jefferson so far in my rankings right now of teams of the EPAC. I'll tell you what, like we mentioned before, the Patriots are on an 11-game losing streak, but they are a scrappy little team. They they will give you a fight, and they're going to they're gonna get somebody, I think, later on in the season when they don't expect to. You see 
Coach Rogers talked about it in the post game. They probably took Washington a little too lightly from what they would have liked. They come in here. I was very, very impressed with Christopher Dolman. That he's he's got a very bright future here in the EPAC. He's fantastic. The way he moves, the way he takes to the basket, maybe the best finger roll in the conference. He's great from beyond the arc, passes out of the inside of the paint. It's a fantastic game for Christopher Dolman. I was very impressed with what I saw from him. Their big man down low was fantastic as well. He was able to really get into it in the first half, kind of cooled off in the second half on the boards for the Patriots. But really for the Martinsburg side, it took them to heat up a little bit. But once they heated up, you saw guys like Avion Blackwood and LaQuay Clark really open things up for that offense. And really that speed and the way they like to speed up the game and turn it into a track meet is impressive. It's these two teams, and I talked about it later on in our post game. Right now, if you look in the sectionals for both sides, those are the last ranked team in both sectionals right now. But both those teams, a hundred percent, can pull off an upset in the first round. And here are coach's words after the game. Joined by victorious head coach Dave Rogers and coach, a twenty-point performance in the first half. You score forty points in the second. What was the difference? Intensity, energy, uh, doing what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it, and. We, did, you know, I, I told somebody it's it. We were up by 25 or th- whatever at halftime, and one big down there, and it's a mental thing. Those, you know, when you when you win that big from away from home, now they're coming to your court. You say, "Oh, I can just walk out here, and I've got Martinsburg written on my jersey, and it'll happen." It isn't gonna happen, and and I just, I, I guess, being a former player and being able and had the luxury to play college basketball, I will never understand an athlete who doesn't come every night to play hard. I just, I will never understand that. And, uh, and, and yet we have some that do. We have some that, that think they can just show up and things are going to happen, and it doesn't. And the bigger the, co- and the, the more talented competition you play against, they really exposes your weakness. I, I thought uh, Washington did a good job tonight in their 3-2 zone, and I thought they were patient. Um, a little point guard stuff. He can get to the hole. We gave up too many dribble drives to the basket. When we did, he dribbled drive. He did a nice job of pitching. They had some good shooters. So they're going to they're gonna be pretty good. I think a thing, too, really from that first half to the second half was the ability of Welty for Washington to get the, those rebounds and really close things out for your team. What was the difference really in that second half? You all were getting third, fourth, fifth chance opportunities. What was that difference? Well, you know, again, that's hustle. And, and and you got to want you got to want to to have the basketball. You've got to want to play. You've got to want to go get it. You know, it's not rebounding is not a glamorous thing, but you know that's all part of the game. And every time you get a rebound, something good happens. So, you know, I I just thought uh, uh, our Chase Shipley plays hard every night. Aon plays hard. I thought Baker had a, Shazir had a good game tonight. Um, you know, we've had some sickness. We've had some illness. We need to get back full strength. And we need to get back. And uh, the bottom line is that we're still at times making some mistakes that we've made earlier in the year. And, and you, by this time, I told them before, we need to start climbing that mountain. We, we don't need to be climbing up, falling down, climbing up, and falling down. We've got to be able to climb the mountain and stay up there. Uh, Coach, I'll let you go on this. Yeah. And, and it sounds like uh, kind of becoming a broken record. This is a Washington team that hasn't won a game of conference play, and they just gave you all that you can handle. You mentioned Dolman. Their best player tonight is just a freshman. Not only is this conference fantastic this year, uh, it's going to be fantastic uh, matching up with guys like Dolman for years to come. Well, i tell you what. He is a, a wonderful young man that plays hard, understands the game. Um, you know, there's something called basketball IQ. Uh, you, you've got to have some basketball savvy and some IQ to be good. He certainly has it. And we've got some kids that have that, too, and really want to win. And I just, uh, 
Um, with the, who's beaten who in the conference, this sectional is going to be uh, quite a thing to watch. Interesting words there from Coach. Uh, if you weren't maybe paying attention too close when we started talking about this, if you heard the beginning of that, you thought the Martinsburg would have lost that game. But um, very intense, uh, Coach, after the game. Yeah, and that was kind of the thing. I think he was upset with his team's mm-hmm. intensity. Uh, they were down by two points at the half. And what part of it was Washington was trying to slow them down. But uh, Martinsburg came out a little bit flat, and I think that's what was upsetting him more than anything. This is a team that they beat by 25 close to 30 when they played him the first time they expected that to happen again and the players just kind of came in a little lackadaisical um but I don't necessarily think that it's fair to say that that was all on Martinsburg as much as Washington had just about a perfect game plan uh but Rogers is trying to get his players to play good ball you know he's got a point um you know not to go on my old man soapbox but you think about players taking things for granted you only have so many high school basketball games that you get to play and you want your players to come out be passionate and uh, play as hard as they can in every game and that's what he's trying to get out of his team not just for his own sake and his ability to win basketball games but for the sake of his players you know come out with that level uh, of intensity every game and as far as Martinsburg's concerned when you look at the the talent that they have on this team when they're all playing at a high level Blackwood can get down the floor faster than anybody. He's got unbelievable body control. LaQuay Clark's one of the best shooters in the panhandle. Isaiah Baker's an unbelievable offensive rebounder. Shipley can put pressure on the rim. You know, Linton came back in this game, I think gave them some pretty big minutes. Jackson Steen's a good backup ball handler. The list goes on. If they're all playing at 100%, if they're all playing at maximum effort, he truly believes that they can beat teams out here. They can beat anybody out here. And in fact, other coaches have said it up until that point. Luke Samples kind of chastised us when we talked about it last game about a down Martinsburg team. And he kept saying, I don't know why everybody says Martinsburg's down. They're just as deadly as they've ever been. And I think that's what Dave Rogers is trying to get out of his team. And I think that's what uh, Coach Hilliard is getting out of his Washington team. You know, maybe not as talented top to bottom as everybody else with all due respect, but nobody could question the effort. Nobody can question the individual talent of Dolman in that game. Nobody could question the ability and the leadership of Zimmerman. You know, I know McCarthy had an off night, but he's had a good season for them, wealthy down low. Uh, but that's kind of what it comes down to from a Martinsburg aspect is just trying to get uh, the maximum output of his team and, and prove that they can beat some teams out in the out here in the EPAC, which they can. And we've been on this talk for the past, well, really this week, about getting hot at the right time. We're in that final stretch of the regular season right now. Where we got about a week and a half, maybe two weeks left in your season before we go into sectional play and things really start heating up. It's all about getting hot at the right time and can this Bulldogs team get hot at the right time and get that fire under them come into sectional play they pull off a big win they can upset a Hedgesville or a Spring Mills depending on who gets the buy in that sectional I think there's a good shot I mean we saw it just a few games ago they almost took Spring Mills down and that would have been an impressive in-conference win it's a win and of course this team Headed up by Coach Rogers, when they are in it and go for it, they're going to be a tough team to beat. And it's going to be interesting to see just how it shakes out, how everybody goes into place. And, I mean, the Patriots, too, again, as you mentioned before, maybe not up to up top to bottom, the most talented team in the EPAC right now. But, again, a lot of young pieces. They got maybe the best future player in the EPAC and Christopher Dolman right now. They got Welty, who had a great, at least a great first half, kind of tickered off towards the back end of the game. I think fatigue might have caught up to him a little bit. But there's there's a lot of talent even at the bottom. And we talk about the depth and the competitiveness of this EPAC conference. And once again, it proves itself last night. 
Well, we'll step aside briefly, come back and wrap up our uh, Panhandle basketball talks. We have Berkeley Springs basketball tonight and also Shepherd basketball over on, uh, well, Shepherd basketball here on WPM and 92.9 WXDC for Berkeley Springs. We'll be back after the break on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Sports Live, your home for sports in the Panhandle. Here's Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bath. You can check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com on Facebook or visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. And Parker, we got Berkeley Springs basketball on the airwaves over on 92.9 to be XDC tonight. We do. It's a big matchup. The Tribe have been on a little bit of a skid here the past few games. they got to find a way to right the ship, and I don't think there's a better chance to do it. Then a big return matchup against the Hampshire High School Trojans tonight. And again, all the action is going to begin in the 7 o'clock hour over on 92.9 WXDC. It's a game where, I mean, the Tribe have to win this one. They really have to win this one. If not, we're looking at really a one and done, or you might be not looking at yourself in a good spot come sectional time. It's you got to find a way to win this game. You played Hampshire, and you probably should have beat Hampshire the first go-round, but you give up a 20 to 0 run in the middle of the game really stretch things out time of your fouls out in that game and then your scoring presence kind of dwindles from that point I really want to see who's going to be that primary second score tonight for Berkeley Springs I think that's one of their biggest issues going on right now is not having that secondary score it's really time years offense and then occasionally it's Jake Sheiky occasionally it's Gavin Young Landon Seatrip will get hot once every four or five games and then other than that you're just trying to find somebody who can be a glue guy and fill in they need to find a way to really get consistent again and I think rebounding's got to be a big issue I want to see their bigs get down there and get physical tonight whether it's Sheiky and Hamrick whether we see Kowalzer back in the lineup once again tonight I they need to find a way to get a win tonight they need it desperately and they're in a stretch right now where they got games coming up where they got to find a way we, again they got to find a way to get hot at the right time it's been a bad four game skid and I understand two of those games were against high-end competition but you got to find a way. I mean, you shouldn't be losing to Kaiser by that much, especially when you're back in your own gym. And my personal opinion, they shouldn't have lost to Frankfurt at all. That's a team they blew out by 30 points earlier in the season. And to lose that game by almost 15 is just, I just don't know what is exactly going on with the Tribe. But either way, find out what's going to happen tonight on 92.9 WXDC. Well, who becomes the biggest candidate in your mind? Because you know what Ross can do. And we know that Shiki is a pretty good scorer when he needs to be. They need that third guy, and the mm-hmm. best candidate for that is Gavin Young. I, I think so. I think that's him. He's, I think Gavin, for the most part, I think he tries to be a little passive from what I've seen so far, trying to dish it out to other guys and find ways to get other people involved. But I like to see him put the pedal on the scoring, especially if Tamir's having an off night tonight. I have to find a way to handle Easton Shanholtz, who's one of the better players in the state of West Virginia right now, especially in this Eastern Panhandle. He's one of the better players, big guy. They got to find a way to take care of him. He was held pretty quietly in that first half against Berkeley Springs on the road, but he was able to get things going in that second half. So they got to put a body on him, whether that's Dakota Hamrick, whether that's Tommy Ross, put a body on Easton Shanholtz and let somebody else beat you. I think it's the best way to go about it. But it's going to be exciting. The first game was a really fun one over in Hampshire. We're going to have the return matchup tonight again on 92.9 WXDC. They talk about being back at the gym. The Shepherd Rams are finally back at the Butcher Center after what felt like the longest stretch of road games ever. Maybe because the average travel was like 180 miles one way. Uh, we've got Mansfield coming to town. Of course, the Rams 11-11 and on the year. Mansfield 5-15. and uh, Shepherd beating Mansfield just a few weeks ago uh, on the road. 
69 to 64. Uh, but before that, have the women's matchup, and the girls are looking to get their still get their first win of the season. And it seemed like uh, in that first matchup against Mansfield a couple weeks ago that it, that was the game where they were going to get that first win. And if it wasn't for just a, an awful first quarter. They end up beating Mansfield. So uh, they get him back on the uh, return leg. I can't remember which one of you guys said it. It's the uh, revenge tour starting now for uh, Shepherd basketball, especially the men's team. But first, uh, the women. And Luke, what do you think? Do you think they still got a chance to get a, uh, a win against Mansfield, especially now they got him at home? Yeah, 100%. You know, when we talked with uh, Coach Coffin after the game, that determination is still in their eyes. You know, they, they still want to play at a, at a high effort level in every single game and I don't expect that to change Mansfield's only won two games this year and you're, you're right we went and uh, watched that game that came down to the wire against them at Mansfield if it wasn't for a uh, 10 turnover 10 offensive rebound allowed first quarter Shepard probably would have won that game because they outplayed Mansfield mm-hmm. in the second third and fourth quarter it was just a deficit they couldn't overcome Jasmine Hilton is special for Mansfield averages 16 got a really good mid-range game you know that's kind of been uh, a huge issue for Shepard this year we saw Robinson in the last game uh, against Lockhaven those five foot ten kind of inside out face up four uh, players that can hit those mid-range jumpers and put pressure on the rim because they just don't really have the right personnel to defend that if they're able to keep Hilton from popping off, she averages 16. If you keep her to that average or below, I think you've got a very good chance of winning this game because there are a lot of similarities between Mansfield struggles and Shepard struggles. So uh, for a game that's going to be exclusively on the, the Panhandle News Network website tonight, you have to go to the uh, live sports link to listen to it. I would encourage people to do so because I think that you want to be a part of of the first uh, win in the Julie Kaufman era, if it is the first win in the Julie Kaufman era. You know, it's not quite as prestigious as watching LeBron score 38,000 <laughs> points. But if Coach Kaufman turns this program around, which I fully expect her to, you want to say that you were a part of the beginning and that you weren't somebody that latched on just during the good times and you want to be there to support this team when it's struggling. And I think right now, if you're going to pick up that first one of the season, I think it's going to be this one. I mean, you get this, this is really their only chance. <laughs> I mean, I think I think there's an outside chance at Bloomsburg on the 11th coming on this Saturday. You could have that if they put together a really good game plan, but they're going to have to play. I think probably close to a near perfect game them to pull this off. And then you got teams in the upper end of the East Division. You got Westchester. It's been a really good team this season. Shippensburg, who's arguably the best women's team in the PSAC overall right now. But yeah, I think Mansfield right now is the best chance for this team to get that win. They gotta they gotta piece things together. They can't have a seven point first half or a sloppy quarter. They gotta play a full four full four quarters. Try saying that three times fast. As it's that's been their Achilles heel, I think, for a lot of the seasons. They can't piece together a full quality four quarters of action. It's like three quarters, two quarters, maybe three and a half quarters. They gotta find a way to piece together a full game of great play. And if they're able to do that, I think they're able to beat Mansfield, especially when they're on their home turf tonight. But we'll have the men right after the women's game. And, of course, Shepard coming off back-to-back losses at Millersville and at Lockhaven. But coming up against a 5-15 and Mansfield team that, well, of course, they beat a couple weeks ago and uh, should be beatable uh, at home again. They're on a four-game losing streak, losing at Cal, then to Millersville, to East Strasburg, and to Westchester. So, really, the only guy they got to worry about, only guys, I guess, are Idris Ali, Scott Woodring, and uh, Siraj Ali, because uh, they were really the only guys that had any production, especially Siraj Ali. He was... Uh, uh, pretty much a pain in the in the neck for the Rams in that first matchup a couple weeks ago. Uh, but I think this is a good kind of uh, resettling game, a resetting game for the Rams after a, uh, like we've, we've said 
the last couple of weeks now, what was one of the toughest road schedules? I mean, you could have in sports period, especially that had to have been the, the toughest road schedule in PSAC play uh, in general. But I think this is a good game to get the Rams back on track, especially with the final half of the season that just gets more and more important. Yeah, and these thankfully these road trips get reciprocated. Mm-hmm. So Mansfield was a brutal trip. Uh, what's brutal though for the the Mountaineers is they have to do it on a weekday. Shepard got to make this trip on a Saturday. They they're coming down here on a Wednesday night, which is just absolutely brutal. But you highlighted all those players. You're absolutely right. Woodring's tough down low, big man, good footwork. Uh, the Ali's are two completely different players. Uh, in that Idris is a smaller guard that can get shots away, and Siraj is the bigger player on the wing. He's younger. Uh, he's more of a uh, multi-level scorer, but can still present problems. And another name to throw in really quickly, uh, Manir Waller had one of the more impressive warm-up performances we've ever seen uh, for a six-foot guards, unbelievably fast, yeah. and gave them fits in transition. I'm excited to see him warm up again tonight. But, you know, those quick guards that can get down the floor and get shots up before your defense can set up can be a problem. And Mansfield presented problems. I think that's what Shepard means. They need a win, obviously, but I'd really like them to, for once, win a game comfortably. Yeah, not be <laughs> a know, four point, three point, two point win. Exactly, put one away by fifteen. You know, get some players. You know, let's have an Asher Rudolph siding and a Dolman siding tonight. <laughs> let's get some players on the floor uh, and allow your starters to get a little bit of rest because you know we're expecting DMC to come back. It's not official. But let's not make him play 30 minutes and take 20 shots coming back from a foot injury. You know, let's make things easier on on Shepard. I think so, too. And again, no offense to the Mountaineers, but Mansfield has been one of the doormat teams of the Peace Act this season. They just haven't had a good year. And you really want to see – you see these teams, and we're saying there's kind of like a – I think there's like a buffer. Shepard is the buffer right now between the Peace Act East. You have – your teams below them, which they've been able to beat and take care of, your Cutstowns, your Mansfields, your your Bloomsburgs, and then you have Shepard, and then you have the upper the upper side of the buffer where you've got a Millersville team that you were able to split with. You go down to the wire against a top team in Shippensburg. You go to the wire with Westchester. It seems like they're just having these issues beating the higher-end teams in the PSAC right now. But I think a statement win is needed tonight and I think they got a good chance to do it against Mansfield. Well one tonight would be huge because then it's Bloomsburg, Westchester at East Strasburg and Shippensburg uh, at home to really round out uh, what has been a pretty tough schedule for the Rams and I think at 11 and 11 it doesn't necessarily I mean it's not a flashy record but I think uh, for what they've had to the teams they've had to play in the road trips and the different situations I think uh, and with how tough the the PSAC is in basketball this year I think is a pretty uh, a good schedule as of now but got to beat Mansfield tonight and we'll have both men's and women's action here on the airwaves and online at panhandlenewsnetwork.com. We'll step aside a few minutes. We'll come back and we'll start talking about uh, LeBron's performance last night, being the all-time leading scorer ever in the NBA. And we'll talk a little WU basketball as well on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Join the conversation on Twitter at EP News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchen to Bath. You can check them out at mountaineerkitchen2bath.com on Facebook or visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Icewinner alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Before we get into LeBron, let's talk WVU because they have a big game tonight. Iowa State coming into the Coliseum. I've been seeing a lot of chatter, Luke, about people saying, like, why isn't West Virginia in the top 25? Why are they still kind of considered or looked at as, uh, you know, the 
as Parker would say, the doormat of the Big 12. But they've uh, had a sneaky, I mean, good, I guess, season. And uh, if they beat Iowa State tonight, that'd be a big one. Yeah, it, it certainly would. You know, a ranked conference matchup, people are calling this the game of the season, which I think is a little bit extreme. West Virginia's lost nine games, and they're 3-7 and seven in conference play. And, and that is why right. this team is not ranked in the top 25. The metrics love them. Uh, I, I, I think that, I mean, if we were to objectively pick the top 64 teams in college basketball, absolutely they're in it, but their resume doesn't you know yield to that fact quite yet. But if you beat the number 11 team in the country, uh, then you have an opportunity to claim that prize. I, I think T.J. Oetzelberger is one of the more disrespected coaches in the conference. I think the way that Iowa State's been playing this year, the, the number 12 defense in the nation, they hold their opponents to 61 points per game, which is unbelievable. They're deep. They've got a variety of different guys that can score with Jaron Holmes at the top of that list, so they present problems. But it's a hostile environment in Morgantown. You know, I think this fan base, frankly, is realizing you know what the Big 12 is and what it means for the Mountaineers to uh, – right the wrongs and get to the NCAA tournament. And, and since the Big East days, and I keep making that comparison, I apologize, but I think fans are realizing that home court advantage and how they try to play and affect winning at a high level uh, is more than it's ever been. So I expect the atmosphere tonight to be incredible, even on a Wednesday night. It should be a sellout. I know the students are going to be making a ton of noise, and hopefully that's enough to propel uh, them to victory over Iowa State. Iowa State, who many people feel have the best home court advantage in the Big 12. Uh, the Mountaineers can put that to the test tonight. I expect them to be competitive. The Mountaineers at home are always a tough team to beat, but whether or not they win, we'll have to wait and see. Well, call us. What do you think? 304-263-4321. you think the Mountaineers uh, deserve to be in the top 25? Do you think they can get a win at home against Iowa State? What do you think, Park? Well, I'll say this. The thing that favors the Mountaineers is that Iowa State has struggled on the road a lot this season. They lost to an unranked Missouri team in the Big 12 SEC Classic just on January the 28th. They gave Texas Tech their first Big 12 win of the season when they were upset on the road when they went to Lubbock, and they've struggled on the road. This Cyclones team has had troubles on the road this season, and I think this is what favors the Mountaineers. If they come and play a complete game, that's what they have to do. Have to get all these guys involved, Stevenson, Matthews. They get these guys all doing what they need to do in their roles and find a way to beat this Iowa State defense. Again, is one of the better ones in the nation. I think there's a really good chance at a win tonight, and I think a win tonight would almost solidify the Mountaineers being in the NCAA tournament because right now, from the latest bracketology updates, they have them as one of the last four teams with a bye right now, and I believe Oklahoma State is one of the last four teams in. So we're looking at a scenario where probably eight, maybe an unprecedented nine teams in the Big 12 get into the NCAA tournament, which would be amazing for the conference. I, th- I think with a win, it would solidify it. Even if it's a close game, I still think the Mountaineers have a very good shot of getting to the NCAA tournament, but that's going to be an exciting game to watch. Now, I was talking to a friend of mine last night, and uh, he was watching the Kansas State-TCU game, and I was watching the well LeBron, and I was also watching the Maryland-Michigan State game. And uh, we were talking about the difference between the Big 10 and the Big 12. And, of course, the Big 12, I mean, they're the top dogs. It's the best conference in the country undisputed but I think uh, I mean not necessarily a very close second but a a, a second close second uh, is the Big Ten in terms of uh, competition uh, by conference and he told he was trying to tell me how it's such a steep drop off from the Big 12 now of course he's a Big 12 guy so he's saying with a little bit of bias but there's such a steep drop off drop off between the Big 12 and the Big 10 that a Big 12 team uh, even West Virginia would be number one in the Big 10 if they were playing that thoughts 
Uh, they lost to the number one team of the Big Ten. They Thank lost you. to Purdue. Yeah, Purdue. Uh, yeah, no, if we were to rank the conferences as they stand right now, absolutely the Big 12 would be number one right. uh, and are probably going to have the greatest conference season in the history of college basketball. But the Big Ten's right behind it. You want to talk about home court advantage. Home court advantage means more in the Big Ten than it does in any other conference. They beat the crap out of each other. Mm -hmm. The problem with the Big Ten, and it will continue to be the problem with the Big Ten until they figure out how it's not the problem with the Big Ten, is those teams beat each other up so bad that they get to the NCAA tournament and they don't win. You know, that's the kind of the issue with those teams is you rarely have a Big Ten team, you know, especially since Michigan's down, you know, especially since Michigan State's down, Tom Izzo's rebuilding, making big NCAA tournament runs. I mean, that's going to be a problem. You know, the Big 12 possesses two, the last two national champions. So I know they've got that in their favor. But I don't think that's what you said your friends were arguing. I think everybody agrees that the Big right. 12 is there. Of course. I think the question was the gap between the two. Right. I think it's closer than people would like to admit. The difference between the two is there's legitimate national national championship contenders in the Big 12, and there's no bad team in the Big 12. That's the thing about, you look at Minnesota's not any good, Ohio State's not any good, Nebraska's not any good, Wisconsin's just kind of iffy, Penn State's got some good talent, but they don't have a great team, Michigan State's kind of on the fringe, and then Maryland kind of kicks off. Everybody above Maryland's a legitimate NCAA tournament contender. So that's kind of the difference. And again, I apologize to make another Big East comparison. That's the thing about the Big East. The Big East had the best conference in college basketball. They had constant national championship contenders year in and year out. But at the same time, every year, you know, Marquette would suck or St. John's right. had some bad years or, Vill or Providence would have some bad years. Uh, that's what's so special about the Big 12. But the gap between the Big 10 and the Big 12, I think, is a little bit closer than people would say, especially at the top. But then there's a huge drop off between, I guess, the ACC, which would be number three. Yeah, I think so, too. You look at Purdue and Indiana, two of the better teams. Well, Indiana has, you know, their history. They're one of the greatest college basketball programs in the history of the sport. Purdue's having a fantastic season. They have years where they're a top team. And then you talk about the Big Ten teams beating each other up in the tournament. We've seen this time and time again. Most recently, really, that Illinois team that was a top two seed in the NCAA tournament a couple years ago when they were led by Io DeSumo, one of the best players in the college basketball season for that year. They get beat by a lower seed in the Sweet 16. They don't make it all the way. Now that I'm thinking about it, it might be even been around 32. Just that, that team wasn't able to make it all the way. And it's just the the ability for these teams just to beat each other up, and they're not able to make that push. When again, we're looking at possibly the Big Twelve being a college basketball national champion coming from the conference for a third straight year, which would be unprecedented. I just wanted to add: there's only two teams in the Big Ten right now that have a winning record on the road, which is unbelievable. Weirdly, Northwestern and then Purdue, which is just a crazy thing to think about home court in that conference. Well, before we get to this uh, last break, I want to talk about some NBA basketball. Of course, LeBron becoming the all-time leading scorer ever. But uh, have you guys been seeing all the stuff going out about uh, John Morant? And uh, did you see the uh, the what Sharp said about him? Well, that and then the meme that somebody put out uh, with halfway crooks from Eight Mile when he's talked <laughs> oh about like God. the real dates Claire, like that part. It's one of the funniest internet things I think I've ever seen in my entire life. But. I mean, what is John Moran doing? I mean, I get what everybody's saying, and it's just like, come on, man. Why do you, why are you trying to live that life when you don't need to be living that life? I don't know. It's uh, it's weird behavior, and if I'm if I'm anywhere near the Memphis Grizzlies organization, I would be trying to hand it him like, okay, you can you can lose all this in a moment. He's one of the brightest stars in the NBA right now, but if he gets caught in a situation where he's involved or in any part of a shooting, 
a robbery or anything like that. He, his, career, his career's done. I mean, I know that's an extreme. That's an extreme, but he, it's a real possibility. Yeah, you're right. It, it's a real well, thing. And, and off of that point, let, let's just be honest with ourselves. Uh, John Morant is from Dizelle, South Carolina. 3,000 people live there. Yeah. He good played, school. Yeah, he played at Murray State in Kentucky, and he plays at Memphis. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, small the, areas. Yeah. This, this, you know, that, so that the, I understand people are trying to say that it's a fake persona in there, right? I think the court of public opinion is going to handle this. People are going to yeah. make fun yeah. of him. He's going to realize that wasn't the right move and he's going to relax. I right. think that's what's going to happen. I think so. I saw somebody online was saying, like, the Grizzlies have lost like eight of their last 10 games. And so, <laughs> somebody commented, well, their star players acting like Larry Hoover. So it's, <laughs> it was, that, that got me a good chuckle last night. But it's just. It's, he's, if he figures it out, he'll be okay. I think it's just he maybe again. He's a young guy too. I mean, how old is he? Twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah. He's a young guy. He'll he'll make mistakes. It happens. And as long as he gets just taken care of and he just handles this the correct way, he's going to be completely fine. Well, do you think they need to reassess the NBA? Need to reassess their courtside seating situation because a lot of this starts to stem from you know his dad his uh, family on the uh, court side I mean getting out going onto the court like during timeouts and stuff to like chase after different guys and uh, I've always thought it was crazy that they have this the fans that sit in between they have the seats in between the scores table and the bench I think is banana land but do you think that's another thing that uh, should possibly come out of all this the I mean the NBA is not going to get rid of it because how much money those seats make but if it keeps causing stuff like this what they should do is move the bench up to the scores table I mean it'd be weird at midcourt and then put the fans over in the corner but you're right uh you have weird incidents like this i mean it's created some great moments the spike lee obviously reggie miller people think about that but you know it was a a college basketball game but there's a doordash delivery driver that walked out (laughs) on the court people spill these 20 dollars alcoholic beverages on the floor all the time so you're right i mean that's something that a lot of people should say go away but the nba is not going to do anything to hurt their bottom line well we'll step aside one final time come back we'll get parker's picks and we'll talk lebron uh, well, after the break on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Mix up your sports coverage with Panhandle Sports Live. Heard on the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchen DeBath. You can check them out at MountaineerKitchenDeBath.com on Facebook or visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Ice Warner alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Yeah, well, that's called beginner's luck. Luck, 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 Yeah, I like to call this my lock of the day. Proving it's never fails. Never failed once. Man, oh man, it feels good when you're winning some money and we got you covered on Parker's Picks. Second day in a row, perfect slate. Shout out to the King LeBron James for yesterday's lock <laughs> of the day. At over 31 and a half points, I I wanted to go just all the way and say he's getting the record, but I want to be conservative just in case. But he gets the record, amazing performance, a moment in history. And then you have as well, UVA beats NC State by 13, 63 to 50 the final of that one. And then... The one that made me sweat, and I sent you a text about this early, like late last night, Jordan. I was like, "Your Knicks better hold on because that was that Welcome. was the that Welcome was the, to the life that man. was the it's first leg, first leg. Those New York Knicks were down six the last time I checked against Orlando. They get a big Brunson run, one hundred two ninety eight final. They hang on and beat Orlando. So I ended up cashing out last night. So moving into today's Parker's picks, we look to keep the magic going for this week. I'm gonna say my lock of the day. 
The Mountaineers are beating Iowa State tonight. Wow. I think they're doing it. Iowa State has issues on the road. Hmm. They've struggled. They've lost to Oklahoma State on the road. They've lost to Texas Tech on the road. They've lost to Missouri on the road. Conventional wisdom thinks that, well, they're due for a road win. Hey, the call seems a tough. T- the call seems <laughs> a tough place a, to play. Sounds like you're trying to convince yourself. <laughs> it's a tough sounds place like to play. You're not, you're not fully into your pick. Part. I'm fully into it. I really <laughs> am. I think the Mountaineers are winning tonight, and that is today's lock of the day. So I've got as well. Creighton beats Seton Hall. Creighton's got back into a nationally ranked position at 23rd in the nation. Seton Hall's a bubble team right now. I think Creighton handles them. Keeps building up their case to be about one of the better teams coming into the NCAA tournament. They were one of my favorite teams coming into the season. They didn't have the start of the season they wanted to, but now they're getting things back to the way they wanted to. And now uh, my NBA pick for today, it's going to round out Parker's picks. So NBA action, Miami Heat, Indiana Pacers. I've got Bam Adebayo under 21.5 points tonight. I just I think Bam Adebayo is more of a guy you can trust for a 16-10 performance more than a 25-15 uh, and 15 type of guy. There's a lot of scoring options for the Heat, whether it's Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, other guys as well. I think Bam Adebayo is going to be under that 21.5 point points parlay tonight. So WVU wins, Creighton wins, Bam under on points. And of course, uh, LeBron James last night stealing the headlines, becoming the NBA all-time leading scorer. And here is his thoughts uh, mid-game right after uh, breaking the record. Edited, of course, but uh, here is LeBron. I just want to say... Um... Uh, thank you to the Laker faithful. Um, you guys are one of a kind. Um, to be able to be in the presence of such a legend and great as Kareem, it, it means so much to me. It's very humbling. Um, please give a standing ovation to the to the captain, please. Um, to my beautiful wife, my daughter, my two boys, my friends, my boys, my family, my mother, all my... Man, everybody that's ever been a part of this run with me the last 20 years, 20 plus years, I just want to say I thank you so much because I wouldn't be me without y'all. All y'all help, all y'all passion, all y'all sacrifices helped me get to this point. And to the NBA, to Adam Silver, to the late, great David Stern, I thank you guys so much for allowing me to be a part of something I've always dreamed about. And um, I would never, ever in a million years uh, dreamt this even better than what it is tonight. So man thank you guys and that's lebron james uh, in the third quarter after uh, a great shot i mean it was about as typical of a lebron james point as you can get kind of the uh, the elbow extended fade away uh, mid-range to break the all-time scoring record um and you know interesting words to me it felt like he was trying to make it a little bit more emotional and of course it's middle of the game they're losing uh so maybe that comes into it, it was a game that they needed to win and of course come up three points short um but very cool nonetheless uh it's always i think stuff like that especially basketball um i don't know basketball is the perfect sport for things like that you know you're in that arena you know it's just the one guy on that court um but very cool and shout out to lebron yeah, absolutely. I, it was funny how much people were trying to pressure him to break it by shooting a Kareem hook shot. But he, <laughs> he was he, practicing he, it in warm-up. Exactly. He was, uh, he was doing it on his terms. Absolutely crazy takes, though, in the group chat last night saying where LeBron ranks among the all-time Lakers. Crazy, crazy, crazy thoughts being said. You know, uh, Well, is he an all-time Laker great now? He's not a top five all-time Laker, no. <sighs> I don't know. I know I shouldn't have brought this up this late in the show. I apologize. Great moment for LeBron. You know, I I still waffle back and forth between him and Jordan, but it's undisputed that if the conversation is going to be had, it's the two of them, uh, and certainly well deserved. And I think too, it's a special moment. Of course, you see like kind of generations being put together in the NBA. LeBron James 
it just has spanned so many people's generations now. It's I th- I tweeted this last night. It, it's special, but for my opinion, we've seen the greatest NFL player of all time and Tom Brady, and the greatest NBA player of all time and LeBron James in the same generation playing with one other. It's a special moment in time. Cherish it because the the time is dwindling for both of them. And to see LeBron with Kareem that moment. LeBron's the last player to ever wear the number six in the NBA. Of course, it's league retired now for the passing of Bill Russell. A special moment in history. Remember it. Congrats to the King. Well, fellas, before we get out of here, any final thoughts? Try basketball tonight, 92.9 WXDC. It's going to be Berkeley Springs, Hampshire. Return matchup from earlier in the season. Must win for the Tribe. Go Shepard. Let's get some wins tonight. Maybe best day of the show. Go back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. Panhandle Live is next. Have a good one. Talk to you tomorrow. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.